Come on, kick, punch, do as you please. The chop, chop master, come to your knees. Romantic, dramatic, but never panic. Original sensei, right rhymes in the attic. Hug, kiss, love, and chop. Hi, hold hands and kick. As you all know, Parappa the Rapper is my favorite intro for the show. Uh, <laughs> because... Somehow in Parappa the Rapper 2, they had a level where they went through and like brought back all these other people. So you got Chop Chop Master Onion from the very first level that everyone knows. And then all the people no one else knows, like Instructor Moose Isha and Hairdresser Octopus. Uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome everybody to the Screen Looker Podcast. My name is Martin Ben, and I am the host of the show. And with me today, we have the lovely people of AppTrigger.com. With me first, we have Rebecca Valentine. How are you doing today, lady? I'm feeling pretty good, Martin. You know, I was missing those musical intros. And you, just, <laughs> you just warmed my heart with that. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> uh matt becker is also on the line how you doing my man what up fam what up fam uh a tradition that lives on even in your absence Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and we have eric chrisman on the line you know i've just been keeping it classic which we can talk about when we get to uh what games we're playing (laughs) and returning to the show this is the emperor striking back Michael Owens, how you doing, man? Super froth! I need, I still need that intro. <laughs> um, I'm great, man. It's been over almost over a month, and I haven't been here. And I'm glad to be back, so let's get going. All right, well, let's just get right into it. We'll start off with a little bit of what we're playing. Just uh, I know a couple people have done a l- few reviews. So, Eric, you, uh, you, talked to, uh, you looked at Namco Museum recently? looked at i've played probably about 10 hours of it which is which is more than enough for you know a bunch of 20 year old games um that have been for the most part have been released eight billion times i actually for my review i did actually look back let's see how far does this thing stretch back the first uh namco museum was released on the playstation in like 95 (laughs) and and almost every volume you know has has the standard like pac-man and dig dug and then they usually throw something in there this time it was uh splatterhouse which is available for the first time and you know like a lot of things maybe that was better left in memory than actually (laughs) playing it modern day um you know it's it's a decent enough collection my my main problem is they i don't think they do quite enough with it there's there's no online play with the exception of pac-man versus which is a great game um, there's no like multi switch play, you know, you can get like, you can't get two switches together and, and play locally even. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, while the games are there and they're in, you know, pretty perfect emulation, uh, there's not really anything that goes into like, you know, Namco is a company with a long history and a lot of like impactful titles. And you don't really get a sense of that with this collection, um, cause they don't have anything on like, you know, behind the scenes, artwork, interviews, anything, which is something you do often see in collection these days, like, you know, the rare collection and the Mega Man collections and the Disney afternoon collection, especially, you know, oh, so yeah. it's, it's a perfectly all right collection. And if you really need to play, you know, Pac-Man or Dig Dug, 
on the go on your Switch, sure, pick it up, but it's not a great recommend. Hmm. Cool, man. Cool. Um, Rebecca, are you playing anything of interest? Well, I've had one hell of a week. Um, I have been complaining to my colleagues all week about being in review hell um, because for the last two weeks I've had a total of five games to review. I've already talked about a couple of them on the show. I talked about Yonder the Cloudcatcher Chronicles, I think a little bit, um, and then I talked about Splatoon 2 a little bit last week. But this week I finished up the last three. Um, one of them was Miitopia um, for Nintendo 3DS, um, releasing alongside the, Nint- the new Nintendo 2DS XL. Um, is kind of a launch title, I guess, for another version of that system. Um, and Miitopia is a really weird game, and it's I found it very, very hard to explain in my review. It's supposed to be an RPG, um, but it's it's so utterly unlike an RPG because the, it's so very hands-off, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has the RPG systems, um, but you can only control your own character. You can't control any of your party members. You can automate all the battles if you feel like it entirely and just let them play out on their own. And there are so many other little systems going on in the background that dictate what your character will do on any given turn that you may as well just not be playing the game at all. Um, the idea is that you you have a me that you create um, and or you can use your own me and then you go on this little doofy RPG adventure with several other me's that you can either create yourself, bring in from your friends list. Uh, you can use me's that are already pre-made that are in Nintendo's online like bubble wherever all those me's hang out. Um, and I ended up making me's of the entire app trigger staff and had them going on adventures together. Um, and it got a little awkward. Um, we had some very <laughs> weird com- conversations about bananas a few times. Um, apparently the the whole system of the game is that you're supposed to build relationships between the me's by having them stay in the same rooms in the inn as each other, which I guess is fine because everyone's just sort of sleeping on the floor. Um, but it resulted in all of us developing crushes on each other, like, interchangeably and so by the end of the game every single member of the app trigger staff was in a polyamorous relationship with every other member of the app trigger staff um <laughs> yeah it got a little weird got so a little basic, weird. so basically I mean, I, giant nintendo me orgies yeah i mean really i mean like it's a, it's, it's a kid's game so it's not explicit but i mean you, there's no way you play that game as an adult and think yeah this is entirely innocent can that be the episode title for the week? <laughs> it's just, I mean, like, I went into this thinking, oh, yeah, I'll make all my friends and we'll go on a little adventure together. Like, I, my intentions were pure, but by the time I realized what was happening, hell. I had already made eight, eight app trigger staff members and they keep letting you add more people to your party and I couldn't stop there. I got you. So got um, you. It, it it got very interesting. Um, I, I don't recommend that game unless you like memes and just want to take screenshots and post them on Twitter because, and honestly, I haven't even seen a lot of that going around. So I guess maybe if I look at the Reddit, I'll find some funny I, stuff. I, I but that, it, get, it gets old after a while. I think that kind of died out with Tamodachi Life, really. Like that kind of sprung to life for a minute when that title was out uh... and then people didn't seem interested anymore. Yeah, I mean it's funny for like the first two or three hours. There's some, there are some really funny interactions, but it just it gets really old really quick, especially as they start to repeat. And you're like, wow, I've seen this conversation four times before. That's great. Um, and then the other one I played was uh, Hey Pikmin, which is Pikmin turned platformer. Um, it's a very easy game. Um, it's not it's not especially difficult. Um, and it's it's fine. Like it, it's not a bad game. It's like if you just want another platformer to play on your 3DS or 2DS, it's perfectly serviceable. It does some neat things. Um, it's very it's kind of kind of slow paced. It's not like super super dangerous all the time. You're just kind of strolling along with your Pikmin and solving puzzles. Um, and I like that they actually use both screens um, to kind of cue you in as to where you need to go. 
mm-hmm. the world feels a little bit bigger and it also requires you to look up and down and there's some puzzles that are tricky because they assume that the player is not necessarily looking at the, at the screen they want you to look at. And I, I like that. I think it's, it's a clever anticipation of the player's thought process. Uh, but it never quite realizes its potential, I think. There's, there is some good potential there that they just don't quite quite get to. Um, and, you know, it's it's another DS platformer. It's another Nintendo platformer. I mean, I've got a basement full of those right now. I, I just, like... <laughs> I At this point, I'm, like, I can't get on board with Nintendo platformers because none of them really do anything particularly interesting. I think Kirby Planet Robobot was last one I thought, wow, this is actually a really good platformer. But I'm just I'm just kind of done with them right now. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, Matthew Becker, you been playing anything interesting, my man? I have been playing uh, Gigantic, which is this free-to-play hero shooter that came out, I think, a week and a half ago or something. But um, it's kind of, I guess I would say it's kind of like Paragon more than, it's like Paragon meets Overwatch a little bit. Um mm-hmm where there's there's not really like lanes with creeps you push but there's like different points you can take and you both have these like both teams have these giant uh monster things you're trying to protect and like as you kill people or capture points you 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 have like this meter that goes up and when it reaches full then it's like an attack phase where you attack uh your opponent's monster and then once you if you do enough damage on three separate phases of that, then you win. Uh, so like a weird, it is hybrid PVP PVE thing, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the art style is kind of cool. And there's super, super wacky characters. There's like this old dude named like uncle Sven. That's like a, he's essentially like a balloon. It has like, he like mixes potions and throws potions at you or there's like this like anthropomorphic goat fox thing that like <laughs> with a, there's a sniper and like all sorts of like wacky stuff but uh i mean there's even like this one thing that's like i showed rev on stream last night it's like a giant ice monster so thing cute. but it's like I don't. I honestly, I don't even know how to describe what the it's hell that so thing is. It's so fat and cute, and I love it, and I want to hug it. Well, that's a good enough explanation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You should. Uh, I think it's only on PC though. But uh, if anyone else wants to play, I will gladly play with them. Cool, cool. And Michael Owens been playing anything of uh, interest lately, my man? Um. I've kind of, so I guess I've been gone for a month, so I should probably kind of go over things I've been playing over the month. I won't, I won't take long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from logging in about 30 hours of PUBG, which mm-hmm. is nothing to some people, uh, I got the Crash Insane trilogy, and I, I hyped it up the last time I was here. And I'm, I'm glad it did really well in the MPD, and I it's a really good game. I enjoy it, and, and I know Martin, you're kind of a contrarian when it comes to Crash. <laughs> we we have yet to convert you just yet. He's not the only to the, one. To the church, oh, we have to convert everybody to the Church of Crash, <laughs> to, the, to the Gospel of Wow. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> but um, the trilogy is good. Like for the asking price, and you get three game, like three full games, at that. Uh, 
I think it's a really good deal. I didn't review it. I bought it myself because I wanted to support things that I like. And I how dare really you? Dig it. <laughs> how dare I? <laughs> how dare I not be Jack, the Jack Sparrow of the internet? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, games are really good. Uh, even though Crash One has definitely not aged that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like Road to Nowhere is still one of the worst levels in existence at least i think it's hard to know where it might be that or high road i can't remember which one it was that i, I struggled a ton with the, mm-hmm. the bridge levels are just a pain in the ass but uh two and three are as good as i remember them being so i, I plan on going through and 100 those at some point uh but aside from PUBG and crash i this past week i played a game called pyre oh. which was a very much hyped indie game that uh, I had the pleasure of reviewing this week. And I really like the game. I want to love it, but I just am at that point where I'm like, you know what? I really like this. Like you're with a really good friend Mm -hmm. and that friend wants to like you like more than friends, but you're just kind of like, I don't really see that big of a long-term I. I don't see this being a good long-term investment for me emotionally <laughs> or anything like that. You're mm-hmm. a great friend, but I don't see you as anything more than that. That's how I view Pyre. And I know a lot of people have like taken that plunge with it where it's like one of the best games of the year. And it, it it's certainly one of the better games I've played this year, but I don't think it's anywhere near my top 10, maybe even my top 15 really. Mm-hmm. Um, because so the thing about Pyre, for those who don't know, uh, it's made by Super Giant Games, who made uh, really good stuff like Bastion and Transistor. Uh, Transistor in particular was, is one of my favorite games of this gen. Period. Uh, it, it's a unique play style, as a unique narrative, a great world, an amazing soundtrack, and all in all, it's just a good game. Pyre is a little bit different in that it has this really unique play style but you have to really get used to it. Otherwise you're just going to get caught in the dust. So it's this like three V three arena sport RPG kind of hybrid where <laughs> you're taking your, it's like NBA jam or blood bowl. I, I've forgotten my review to make the blood bowl comparison, but then after I typed the review of everybody was making a blood bowl comparison. <laughs> uh, so you, you take this orb and you control up, you have up to three characters on your team, but you can only control one at a time, even if you don't have the orb that you get in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to get the orb to the other side uh, against another team of three. Um, it, it can be hard. It can be really, really hard, especially on the higher difficulties. And uh, throughout the game, you get these uh, difficulty uh, opponent modifiers. I, I can't think today. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, you get these opponent modifiers. At, I think it's around the second half of the game. It's not even really in the first part. Because the first part, you're trying to get used to the gameplay. But then the mm-hmm. second half, everything just kind of ramps up and it ends up dragging out. Uh, the story is that you are coming out of a land where literacy is outlawed. Mm-hmm. And so you've been found out to, oh, you know how to read? You're in exile. You're in this like purgatory uh, called the downside, and you get rescued by these three characters. They're kind of these uh, troubadours who are trying to earn their freedom. 
-hmm. and essentially you go throughout the world and you meet more characters and you get more teammates and you level everybody up and the rpg element is that you can you know level them up and give them items and stuff like that and uh yeah it's it's an interesting game it has a great it has a great art style i mean i i love the design and i love the soundtrack of this game it's just the gameplay and then the other real sticker of this game that got me was that there's no game over there's no like if you lose oh well you have to try again no if you lose the game keeps going the narrative keeps going and i know there are a lot of people that like that but i feel like hey you're kind of in these high stakes where your freedom is at stake yeah, so is you... there a fail state at all no there's no fail state i mean um, wait, so uh... what happened like i assume there's some sort of final battle of sorts like is there another ending if you lose that yes ah so there's there's no fail state so that's what really got me it's like this game has this really I neat idea of a, like an arena sport in gameplay, but it loses the stakes when your quest for freedom is earned by participation trophies. And I don't like that as someone who likes competitive games and who likes that kind of stuff. And maybe that's just a personal thing. Maybe I'm just looking at it the wrong way, but that really took a lot out of the game for me. Uh, despite great design, a great soundtrack, and unique gameplay that admittedly gets a bit tedious and hectic after after a lot of time, it's it's just something that I can't really say. This is a great thing that we should have in gaming. When I'm like, no, there should be an objective, and there should be a means to that objective, and you should be encouraged to win, as opposed to being encouraged to simply participate. In my opinion, so damn millennials. Damn millennials, <laughs> feeling entitled to everything. So, yeah, I gave the game a 7.5, and that seems harsh to some, but I feel like that's a fair rating. Uh, but again, the game has been getting like 9s and 10s. I mean, I enjoy the game. Do I recommend you buy it? Absolutely. For 20 bucks, yeah. If this game were like 40 or 60 bucks, I would be way more harsh on it. Trust me. Uh, but for 20 bucks, it's one of the better purchases you can make this year. It runs... Great for the most part on PS4. Now, I feel like the, I, the only performance issues I ran into were on the final level. Uh, you would get frame drops and you get audio drops. And, like, there's this really beautiful song playing in the end. But it keeps cutting out <laughs> because the game <laughs> keeps on, like, dropping frames. Hmm. And so, so I'm not sure if they fixed that. They, they patched it twice already this week because uh, I was getting updates on my PS4. And uh, I'm pretty sure they fixed those. I haven't really gone back and checked just because I haven't had time. But all in all, yeah, Pyre's a pretty great experience. It runs 1080p60 and uh, native 4K on the Pro. And on the PC, it also has 4K support. So that's your bag. Game's going to look great, and the colors are going to really pop off. And then the other thing I played was the NHL 18 beta, and I'm not going to speak much on it because there's not a whole lot to talk about uh, there's a new 3v3 mode. It's really fun. Uh, I'm actually really psyched for that. And other than that, it plays pretty much just like 17 with a couple of new feature gameplay features that are very subtle. Uh, there's like uh, really fancy moves you can do with the stick and puck. I'm, I'm trying to explain it the best I can to like non-sports people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it seems like 18 is, is going to be another divisive 
game in the series because people are like, oh, well, we're sick of getting the same game every year and we wish it we, you would at least do Frostbite like Madden did. And it's like doing Frostbite in sports takes time. You mm-hmm. have to understand that. So I kind of figured 18 wasn't going to have Frostbite and Madden was going to be the big training ground for it this year. But 18, I mean, it plays fine. It's just not that much different from 17. And that probably won't surprise a whole lot of people. But the threes mode is fun. If you get a beta code, you're on the, for some reason, you're on the fence about downloading it. Play the threes mode because it's actually really, really fun. I, Hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. It's like NHL hits, but not really. <laughs> and I wish it were more like NHL hits. But oh, um, okay, goodness, that's a throwback right there. Oh yeah, for sure. In the Blitz universe, For goodness, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to have like a whole like a sports game podcast just talking about like. I actually listened to a podcast this week that was all about sports games from the nineties. It was a really good podcast. I think we just need to go through and rank all the titles in the Blitz video game universe. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Man, Dan, Dan, you're so mad that you're not here. I can tell. <laughs> so mad. Because Blitz 2000 is the top of, it should be the top of everyone's list. Blitz 2000 on the Dreamcast, specifically. Right. Should be at the top of everybody's list. Get out. <laughs> Get out. No. <laughs> Get hey, out. Oh, do you object? Do you object? I object. I am of the uh, Blitz 2001. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Throwing it yeah, in there. On, on the N64. Oh. Wow. Throwing it Yeah, I, w- I went there. I went there. <laughs> oh, my God. Rep's like, what the fuck is anyone talking about? <laughs> hey, oh, Michael. Collins. Um, before, before I didn't get a chance to say this before you moved on to other games, but I did want to tell you what you said about Pyre, like the things you didn't like about it. You actually like just sold me even further on it. I was going to probably get it anyway, but now I'm like, yes, I really need this game. I love that idea. I just wanted to tell you that. I mean, that's fine. No, that's great. I mean, that's, that's the point of hearing you talk about it, you know, to decide if that's something we want or not. Yeah. Again, I I think for 20, for 20 bucks, I think it was like what two dollars less if you pre-ordered it. It's a weird pre-order incentive, mm-hmm. but um, for for twenty bucks, yeah, it's a great game. And the soundtrack's on Spotify, so if you have Spotify, oh, is it finally on like, Spotify? I've most, been checking like all week. I was with uh, a buddy of mine last night. We were driving back from uh, a, a wrestling event that we both went to, um, and he he had it playing. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, by the oh, way, Ring awesome. of Honor. Okay, well, I gotta go get it then. It, yeah, go watch uh, Ring of Honor Wrestling if it ever, ever comes to your town. It's great. Well, I meant the music, not the wrestling, but, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, the music's great. I've already said the music's great. It's very t- cold. Like, it's great. It's My experience great. with wrestling in the last month has been that people tear stuffed animals apart during it. So <laughs> I'm just, like, not interested. You didn't did, like Bad Luck Fale tearing up uh, Daryl? Whatever the hell that means, no. Yeah, the, the cat's name was Daryl. 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 Rip Daryl. <laughs> Oh man. Well, um I actually haven't been playing too much. I actually uh downloaded Warframe because they had the latest update which adds like a day night cycle and all these other different things that are just crazy because when I played that game when I first got a PlayStation 4, I was like this is a neat idea that's executed very much in a way I don't like. Uh and now like I turn it on and I'm like, man, you can go 
anywhere in the galaxy. Like, you got to level up, of course. But you start on Earth, and you can, like, actually go to all these different places in the galaxy. They got a lot of cool animations. Like, at one point, your character puts on, like, uh, a suit where you can fly around in space and shoot other ships and stuff. It's crazy. Um, so... If you're ever interested in a an actual MMORPG that wants to be one and actually just elevates itself every year instead of selling you a brand new game after a couple of years, oh, you can shit. certainly try out Warframe because um, it's a very good time. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Martin's just... Man, I've been listening. So I've been listening to the podcast. I haven't like been on it. Martin Salt over Destiny Two every week. Every week he brings us up. It's just something like it's becoming a tradition. It's the new Nintendo for Martin. Because oh, I don't think Martin said anything bad about Nintendo for several weeks on the podcast. Because oh, I have it to other it up things. To you last week. <laughs> I have other things to occupy my mind at the moment. I, I we we can get back to Nintendo. They've oh, made everyone yeah, mad lately. Something we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, for this week's episode, we actually are going to go through our quarterly lookies, which are the uh, the way in which we sort of track what things sort of stood out to us each quarter of the month. And it allows for us to take a look back after the end of the year when we start talking about things like Game of the Year and whatnot. This allows us to have a semi-track record of what things actually stood out to people. So things we're going to go through are things like best story, best characters, worst game, best game, and things of that nature. Um, To start it, though, I just wanted to ask a general question for anyone Uh, Does anyone have a game that they played that kind of stands out um, like very heavily in their mind? Because last the first quarter of the year, I mean, Zelda and Horizon were the big titles that like everyone was talking about. But I'm not so sure from my point of view, at least, that there was something that kind of dominated the conversation from April to June. What do you guys think? Oh, well, April or June would be Persona. Yeah, probably. No I'd say Persona. I didn't play Persona, but I heard tons about Persona. And um, it, it kind of only sort of qualifies, but Mario Kart 8 Deluxe got a lot of noise as well. Yeah, I, I'd also I'd also have to say Persona. And then, and then I guess from my end, it, it's probably Injustice 2 or Tekken 7. Yeah. Just because the, the, the FGC, like, we've been in the fighting game apocalypse for the past, like, <laughs> seven months. <laughs> and we're about to get like in it for the next i don't know maybe eight or nine because between marvel and dbz and decidia so mm-hmm. many fighting games yeah, it seems like fighting games suddenly came back real damn strong in this year. <laughs> it's a good time to be a fighting game fan um not if you're paralyzed me, yeah. by all the options <laughs> yeah for, for me though like, yeah i guess it had to be persona 5 and i also haven't played i've never played a persona game Mm-hmm. So that might be the one I hop into first. Right. I've, I've been told it's, that it's it's the it's, easiest to hop into. I would say it's the most streamlined. Um, a lot of people did like four better. It, it's a it's a real tough personal call for me um, because I've, I've played, spent a lot of time on three, four, and five, and I've finished all of them. But um, but five, five is probably the most streamlined. I think. The characters might be a little bit better and easier to relate to in four, but uh, 
but there's also a lot of stuff you have to put up with in four that they made a lot easier in five. So five is just full of memes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's very like like the thing about Persona is Persona Four specifically is you know it was a game that was made for the PS4 or PS3. No, no, PS2 actually. It was one of the last games to come out on the PS2. Then they remade Golden with for Vita, which is oddly enough the one everybody really hopped onto because yeah, it's on the Vita. And, mm-hmm. uh, and but that was a, still a remake of that game, so it was a it was kind of felt a little old at the time. And this one's very on top of what's happening now with like you know internet popularity and social status and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's. Persona 5 did stand out for a bit there um, in, in the grand scheme of things. But we can sort of circle back to that conversation at the end of this. But uh, let's start with something fun before we get into, like, all the various differences. I thought that, you know, my favorite thing to think about um, with regard to whether it be movies, video games, whatever, uh, are the trailers for them. Um, so one of the first things I wanted to ask is if you all had like a trailer that stood out to you all from the past three months or so, because we've had E3. So there's like a ton of trailers um, to think about, as well as, you know, everything around there, like first looks at Darksiders 3 and things of that nature. So, uh, Rebecca, is there any particular trailer that stood out to you that you would like to uh, mention? Okay, and this is not necessarily from a game that came out in the last three months. This is just a trailer that I saw in the last three months. Correct. Okay, yes, definitely then. Um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps at E3. Um, as my friends know, I started bawling at E3, <laughs> like at the at the Xbox presentation. I'm just sitting there crying. Um, Ori is was such a wonderfully emotional and art, like visually beautiful. The music was beautiful. Just the, Ori and the Blind Forest is just one of those really wonderful games that sticks with you. Um, and Ori and the Will of the Wisps trailer looks incredible. Like, it looks really beautiful, but it also, it, it just hit that emotional, like that, it just it just hit my heart just right. Because if you've played Ori and the Blind Forest, you understand the impact of the characters that were in that trailer and why it was so important. And being there in person was incredible because, you know, I'm listening to this gorgeous soundtrack and I'm recognizing these musical themes that are being played. And then all of a sudden um, I look down at the stage and um, uh, crap, uh, Gareth, Gareth Coker, I think that's his name, is down there playing on the piano. Like he's actually playing along with the trailer. And it <laughs> just, man, it just got me. Nice, nice. So Rebecca. I'm really, probably not until next year, but that's, I'm really excited for that game. All right. Uh, Eric Krisman, what do you think is the uh, best trailer for uh, for the last few months? Oh well, well, clearly it's it's the Pokemon title that was just announced with no even JPEG. Oh. No, um, <laughs> uh, for me it's probably a a toss up between um, Mario and Rabbids because nobody knew what to expect out of that game. It looks amazing. I can't wait for it. Which will, I guess it's out in about a month. Yeah. And uh, and uh, fortunately, we still have to wait a while. But Spider Man still looks in insane. Like I just want Spider Man now. <laughs> and uh, Michael Owens, what do you, what do you think? We went through two people on this panel, and no one said Kingdom Hearts three. And I don't know what is wrong. <laughs> 
boy, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three gameplay. It's been too nuts. long. <laughs> it, it's gonna... coming out next year. No, it's it not. is not. That is a pile of <laughs> it bullshit. Is next know, year. There is no way. It is coming what? out next year. 2019 at the earliest. And did, did I They're not say? Delay. Did I not say this on the podcast that I thought Kingdom Hearts three was coming out next year? And what do you know? We get a 2018 release window. Saying 2018 doesn't mean year. anything. <laughs> it, means, it means nothing. That's like them saying that Pokemon uh, on the Nintendo Switch is coming out in 2018. It's a load of barnacles, and you know it. Nah, <laughs> I don't think it's a load of barnacles. Uh, I think it's a load of it's a load of barnacles. I, I, th- I also like. So here's another thing. Um, we have a friend that's been coming over once a week and has been playing Kingdom Hearts um, with me and my husband. Uh, we're playing other games, but she's playing Kingdom Hearts for the very first time. And you know that game is not as good as I remember it being. The first one. Yeah, hot take. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Two is way better. I don't even like, but I don't like two either. Like I've always, I've always kind of railed against like two in the subsequent games, and been like, wow, these really aren't very good games. But like the first one, I'm like not as enthralled with it as I was when I was younger. Not that I'm advising you to buy it, but do you have the original or the you know newer released version? We have both. Okay, well, I think I think the um, improved frames per second actually helps a lot. Yes, in I, I do agree with that. I mean, I, I mainly like, like, we watched the ending of that game, and I'm just like, wow, this is, like, the cheesiest damn thing. And I, I, I've <laughs> yeah, complained about them. Yeah, it was back when it them, came out, too. <laughs> I've complained about them, like, milking. Well, I was young. I've complained about them milking, like, oh, the darkness, the darkness, over and over, like, the later games. But, oh, my God, they do that so much in the first one, too. Mm-hmm. What is the Yeah, darkness? because it's a grand concept that they thought they might explain some point down the line, no, and still have no idea. No. Much like Lost. <laughs> so <Or> anyway, <laughs> right <laughs> back on topic. Back to Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, this game right. looks gorgeous. Yeah, uh, they. I'm very so they, excited for it. So they swapped engines. I, I I was reading up on this like when that first trailer came out, and apparently they swapped yeah. engines. Uh, yeah, yeah. The luminous yeah. Did you not see the whole thing about the director blaming, basically blaming Square for the long delay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nomura was like, yeah, Square changing up technology on us is what caused the delay, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. We're not surprised here. But also, Nomura is an absolute perfectionist. And, and that shows, this wasn't a trailer from the quarter, but the Toy Story trailer looked It does nuts. look really nuts. It does look like, yeah. like it looks better than the movies yes, do. How does that happen? Uh, technology is an incredible thing. And they have, the and original they, Toy Story movies are old as hell. I mean, like even three, it looks better than three by like a little bit. It's crazy, oh and, and like it has the like the transitions too, for where like the camera is just like quickly panning to, from character to character. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the little things. It's those little subtle touches that that make it even more authentic and and the gameplay from d23 was nuts again i know that's not a trailer from the quarter but i'm Mm -hmm. gonna kind of lump it in here because those were two trailers within a month right which means (laughs) which means that this game is way further along than we Uh... thought (laughs) i'm confident this game is coming out next or you know it's a couple Uh... vertical slices Hey man, I am. Uh, I'm but, not gonna lie. I've never really had much interest in Kingdom Hearts, but everything I see from Kingdom Hearts three, I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe I should try it a little bit. You know, <laughs> come on. I do like the games, <laughs> despite all the nonsense. I do, you know, I do enjoy the games. But I'm also, I mean, I'm I I'm a sucker for anything decent Disney. So yeah, 
Well, the story is like hella dumb. I mean, no, I, I'm, is, I'm not stupid. The story is really hella dumb. Story, I have the story I, is hella dumb. I have still not played. Stories. That's not. I, <laughs> I have still not played Birth by Sleep, and I hear that Birth by Sleep is actually one of the oh, better stories. Oh man, it okay, is one so, better one. Yeah, Birth by that, Sleep is the best story in the entire series. Okay, we it, have we have like what the one point we have the the collection that has all the stuff in it. So I think I just need to play that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the gameplay well, in Birth by Sleep is a little weird, um, but Birth it's by Sleep is only on 2.8, I think. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not like chain of memories weird, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of odd once you get but once you get used to it, it's fine. And then like the latter, like the last <laughs> part of that game is just crazy. <laughs> oh man. Well, Kingdom Hearts three, that's trailer. That that is very that is very good. I kind of forgot that they had two of them just because the one that was the first one that showed off like what was going like they were going to show more at D23 was really good. And then the one that happened at D23, I was like, oh my God. And I completely forgot about the other one <laughs> where he's like running up the side of the mountain and everything. But uh, anyway, Matt Becker, what is your best trailer from the last uh, three months or so? Well, I was going to say Metroid Prime 4, but Eric already <laughs> made that joke. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with a hot take because I am a sucker for all things pirates. Skull and Bones E3 2017 yeah. cinematic trailer. I'm sorry, but that shit is hype. Yeah, it does look hype. I was also very hyped for that. Like, I know they only stressed the multiplayer aspect in the gameplay trailer, but the cinematic trailer looked amazing. There's, yeah. like, a crack in at the end. Like, I'm in. 100, 1,000%. I'm in. I mean, maybe it's because I just watched episode two of the current season of Game of Thrones. I won't spoil it, but I'm, I'm hype about that pirate life. Yeah. Sh- shanties come at me. Shanties come at me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I like Skull and Bones. Um, okay. So my favorite trailer and you all reminding me of these other ones hasn't really helped me stay strong on this. Um <laughs> But uh, the the uh, the trailer showcasing everything that's in the new Assassin's Creed Origins. So like him sliding down the pyramids, him uh, like using the eagle to like spot where things are, and just the whole general idea of finally being in a place I really <laughs> wanted to go to. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is uh, or was my favorite trailer but every single one of these other ones you all mentioned are also really high on there like I went I thought about Ori and the Will of the Wisps I thought about Spider-Man I thought about Kingdom Hearts 3 I thought about Skull and Bones Um, but just for my general interest and what game out of all of those I'll probably be playing the soonest um, that's what pops into my head uh for, for me <laughs> even if, if, i swear i swear if we don't have flying pyramids and assassin's creed origins i'm gonna be so upset <laughs> assassin's creed woke edition right <laughs> <laughs> um, i go rebs just giving like these disapproving moans through the past <laughs> two trailers i just uh, god assassin's how creed. dare you like this oh. how dare you have a differing opinion oh get out of here mark <laughs> 
Martin's been giving me crap about my love for Nintendo for months, and I'm never going to let him put that down. I have a quick another one. Just mm-hmm. a shout out to Battlefront 2 for making Star Wars Episode 1 actually look cool. Right? <laughs> I, that's what I said about it. I was like, this is the coolest that anything from the Phantom Menace has ever looked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Since we're doing oh, quick man. throwouts on trailers, and because we're never going to actually get to any games that came out in the last three months, um, I also <laughs> got to throw out there that the Rhyme trailer that Lindsey Sterling did was incredible. Hmm. But Lindsey Sterling is just really cool. I, I, fun fact, I saw her before she was like super duper famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came to my college and she played, uh, I think she played the Skyrim, because this is when Skyrim like came out. Wow. So this is within that release window. And she played Skyrim and everybody lost their minds. It was a, just a room full of nerds. Well, I guess you're just a Lindsay <laughs> Sterling. Room full of huge nerds. Um, I guess another trailer I, I kind of want to shout out is the new Metro. That new Metro looked good. Uh, for a second, I thought you said Metroid, and like we made that joke twice now. No, well, Samus well, Returns looks really good, too. I was going to say, there was a real Metroid trailer. Yeah. But Metro, Metro Exodus looks dope, uh, even though it was running on a PC and not on <laughs> Xbox One X. That's nothing new, though. Oh, no. I've been doing not. that shit forever. <laughs> All right. So let's get into uh, the next one, which is the biggest disappointment. So this is the game that disappointed you the most. One that you were hyped about, you ended up playing, and you just came away from it like, ah. um, So well, I, think we, I think we know Martin's answer. <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, <laughs> Matt Becker. What is your biggest disappointment of April to June 2017? So I'm gonna go with Mirage Arcane Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those that don't know, it's like the people that made Chivalry Medieval Warfare. So it's like a first-person shooter ish, but this one has like magic and there's like a ton of blood and like you like throw fireballs at people and all sorts of like crazy stuff um i first played it at pax east 2016 and i remember i went to the booth towards the end of i want to say it was sunday so like there's not nearly as many people there and i played that game for like an hour straight and i was like this game is amazing and i had so much fun and then it came out in beta and there was and i played it again in beta and i was like this is just as good as i remember it and then it actually came out and then no one played it literally no one there was 15 people online at one point 15 just <laughs> dead dead on arrival i've never been so disappointed because <laughs> it was so much fun it's a good game but you can't play it because it's multiplayer only and no one's playing it God. Oh, <laughs> feels bad man <laughs> all right so mirage arcane warfare and uh michael owens what was your biggest disappointment so when, when i think biggest disappointment i think a game that's like good but it's not quite that good and i'm gonna get flack for this i don't really care uh mine's second seven and uh, Ooh, here's the thing about Here's the thing about Tekken 7. The gameplay is really good. It's probably one of the best Tekkens in terms of actual gameplay. The problem is that there's not a whole lot to do with it. Um, you get a really stripped-down arcade mode, uh, a really an objectively bad story mode. It's it's <laughs> hella bad. 
unless you're like so seeped into the Tekken series, like the plot of it, that it's like being injected into your bloodstream. Um, it's really not a great story. And the frame they used to tell it with is really, really bad. Uh, aside from that, there's really not a whole lot of offline stuff. And apparently they're going to add stuff later, which I don't really like. I'm like, you're releasing this game and you're giving it for people to review. And it's like, man, there's really just not a ton here. And plus the game looks like it came from 2014. It was Ooh. developed in 2014. Like I, it's a two-year-old arcade game that got put on the console, and it looks fine, but it's like, man, this could look so much better. You look at a game like Injustice 2, and I know I'm kind of comparing apples to oranges here, but you look at a game like that where it looks great, and yeah, some of the animations are really janky, but by comparison, it's like Injustice 2 looks like a fighting game from 2017, and Tekken 7 looks like a fighting game from 2015. Yeah, and it's like uh, some of these <clears throat> textures don't look right and all that, but some of the levels look great. Um, but I, I'm just disappointed in that I, I haven't really been going back to it a whole lot mm-hmm. because some of the characters are super duper complex. Like I wasn't expecting the amount of complexity that some of these characters have. Like Akuma, for example. Akuma is really hard to use. Mm-hmm. It, it's no wonder that you didn't really see a whole lot of him at tournaments so far, right. as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. But man, it's, it's just disappointing because I really wanted Tekken seven to kind of be this complete package of Tekken. And it has a lot of really cool fan servicey stuff. Like you can get soundtracks and video clips from the past games and the costumes are really cool, but there's no like Tekken ball. There's no really like fun, obscure mode that's in there that, you can play with your friends. It's not like Tag Tournament 2. Tag Tournament 2, to me, still is probably one of the better complete packages of Tekken. Just because of the roster size and the other game modes you can play and all this other stuff. Tekken 7 just feels like it's lacking, but it's th- that doesn't make it a bad game. It's still a very good game. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd recommend getting it on PC because the online on PS4 and Xbox ps4 and xbox one at least ps4 on my end has been really bad really really like bad Mm. matchmaking and and bad signal and really weird frame rate issues on occasion just get the pc version of tekken 7 even i I don't know how many people are playing i haven't checked uh steam charts lately on that but Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure there's a significant amount of people still playing on everything so yeah mine's tekken 7 hot takes woohoo (laughs) (laughs) all right uh eric what is your biggest disappointment oh well mine's a game that's actually a really bad game (laughs) and that would be valkyria revolution because Mm. i love Uh... valkyria chronicles and valkyria revolution was just a disappointment on pretty much every conceivable level Listening to you complain about that while you were reviewing it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, granted, the the I mean, it's sort of a slow de-evolution of the whole series. Like the first one's great, second one's okay, third one's like, what is this high school drama BS? And then and it never came out here anyways. And then this one where they tried to bring it back, it's like, who made any of these decisions? What what were you thinking? Why why is anything like this? It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, I mean, it's like they purposely tried to kill the brand in the first place. Like, oh, people want a new one. We'll make sure they don't want that anymore. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Okay. And Rebecca, what is your biggest disappointment of April? Yuka Lele. <laughs> I way just back to the beginning oh, of April. I wasn't expecting this from Red. <laughs> no, what? I mean, Why it's, not? It's, it wasn't it's good. Exactly what it's supposed to be. I no. To, to my credit, at least, I I was cautiously optimistic about this game. I didn't I I didn't think that it was going to be like this, you know, crazy revival of these amazing platformers that I loved as a child. You know, I was trying to be realistic about it, but I didn't expect it to be like genuinely bad and. And to their credit I, as well, I think that they have patched some of the problems out. Like one of the things that was just killing me, and I, I know I showed Martin this, um, was how was the voices. You know, you had to sit there and listen to them talk. And you couldn't, it, when it came out, you couldn't skip through it quickly. And so you were just listening to this. That's exactly how the games were back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Can I get that one more time? This is what, no, this is what everybody asked for who wanted that game. No, so, so I didn't play Banjo-Kazooie back in the day. I played Donkey Kong 64, and it wasn't like that in Donkey Kong 64. So I no, I but, didn't but, expect that. And I know, I know. That's what were extremely like that. Like I know. Really, <laughs> like, I know. But it just, like... And, and I think that this really hit me a second time when I was at um, E3 and I was playing, um, oh crap, uh, it's, this, it's this platformer with like a squirrel or something, Lucky, Lucky, Super Lucky's Tale. And it, it's not the same, but the level design, the way it was laid out, there's all these collectibles around, but they're set out in such a way that my eye is drawn to them and they're interesting and I want to go in the direction of those collectibles. But ukulele, honestly, is they just give you like this big open area and just throw shit into it. Like, okay, well, here's your stuff. And it just, I don't know, it just, it never resonated with me. I never, I got really bored like after the first level. The first level was okay and at that point I was just done. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, man, I, I was, wow. It wasn't, it wasn't that we don't want, it wasn't that our desire for a game similar to the old Rare games was misplaced. It's that they tried too hard to make it exactly like those old Rare games instead of using the wonderful technology and ideas that we have figured out in the last, you know, however many years to make the game actually enjoyable to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, if I had played ukulele, it would certainly be on my list. But uh, <laughs> after yeah, never, you, don't play ukulele, you after you sent me that clip of it, <laughs> I was like, no, I I cannot listen to that for even another second. Uh, <laughs> no, so, it was awful. So yeah, no to ukulele. But uh, my biggest disappointment, I I reviewed one game for App Trigger in the last three months, and I have really only like. Looking at the entire list of things that have come out, I've really only played a few of them uh, to completion. Uh, my biggest disappointment, and this will double as my worst game of this whole thing, is uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Um, it mm. is quite possibly the least most like the least amount of time I've enjoyed a game in quite some time. Um, I'm very stingy with where I place my time, and Dragon Quest Heroes 2 is not stingy enough at all with how they spend it um you run through Man, these levels they like that <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's literally like what is you never get more like you you get more abilities but you never get more powerful like it like your players are like you're playing through your characters and like they give you stuff as you're playing through but like 
it never really feels like you're powerful because the actual characters themselves are never grounded them like with any kind of realistic physics or anything like from the very start of the game you can hit a character with a regular hit and they'll like float across the screen so it doesn't change at all when you get later into the game and these hordes of enemies are coming at you and then they all go flying when you still hit them with these regular hits instead of just dying and then on top of that it's also the worst because if you're going through like this full amount of like this huge group of people, you don't want them to fly out into all these separate areas after you hit them. You just want to get through with them so you can get to where you're actually going instead of having to constantly be surrounded by them in different areas. So yeah, I just, I did not like that game. I was not a fan of it. I didn't think the music was good. I didn't think like everything that I heard about why people love Dragon Quest was seemingly on display for Dragon Quest fans, but that just tells me that I probably will never play another Dragon Quest game. So no, I think yeah. it's I, I, as someone who's played a lot of Dragon Quest, I think it anybody who likes Dragon Quest and liked that game was just desperate for something Dragon Quest because it's been a little while. Because no, all those games are terrible. Like all, like all the heroes and warriors and whatever are bad all those muso games also as matt becker mentioned that may have been the one redeeming factor in it which is the very proper british english voice actors throughout the game <laughs> oh yeah no that, that there's a lot of that in dragon quest 8 and it's and it's fantastic like that's that's something i would recommend people play if they want a good dragon quest experience Man. I I genuinely don't feel that the Dragon Quest games have aged well. I think I've played like three different Dragon Quest games in the last year and a half or so, and I just nah. it's a it's admittedly a super old school series that they keep re-releasing instead of making new ones all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, like especially uh, nine was like super old. Seven and nine especially are like super old school style. Yeah, it's Martin. It sounds like you kind of ran into the problem I did with Tekken, where it's like it's a ton of fan service, just maybe a little too much of it. Yeah, I mean, essentially, like I have no idea who any of the characters in that game are, and none of it makes any sense. Like everyone is from different kingdoms, and then you're two random people. Like you can choose to be the boy or the girl, and they travel between the kingdoms. Like each one is in trouble and they're on the verge of like another conflict from the first game. And it's, it's stuff that just like, at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. Most of them don't have very, that cool of abilities. So this really doesn't really do anything for me. Um, and the music sucked. So, like, if the music was good, I probably would have thought more about it. But, yeah. Oh, that's good. too bad, because historically, <laughs> the music of Dragon Quest games is pretty good. Well, when you get 25-second <laughs> bits running over and over and over again, and they, it, it's just not fun to sit in the town that you have to sit in, because you have to go to each different person to get all the mission stuff you're going to do. And then, like, yeah. I don't want to spend any more time on this. Uh, <laughs> so moving into a more positive realm, um, which game had the best story that you all enjoyed? So let's start with uh, Eric. Which game had the best story that you played through this uh, quarter? Horizon Zero Dawn. No question. It's not oh, in this quarter. Oh, not this quarter. Um, <laughs> okay. Then, then it's Persona. That's Persona. Persona 5? Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I think we've talked about Persona a good bit thus far, so yeah. let's move on. Michael Owens, what was the best story that you played? Well, uh, my best story is going to lump into my best game at the quarter, which unsurprisingly is Injustice 2. 
And this is only because I haven't played Persona. Um, that's the really the only other big release I haven't played from April to June. At least that's released. Mm-hmm. But um, Injustice 2 really kind of builds upon what Injustice 1 was doing, where it's like, oh, it's Superman going rogue and becoming a dictator. And <laughs> it's a weird universe. Right. Weird. But... Um, yeah, it, it's a really cool story. I'm not going to give too much away because there's a, there's a lot. It, it's only maybe four or five hours, but it's a lot. Uh, but essentially, it, it has this really cool dynamic of, oh, well, can we trust the people who are on the side of Superman? And can we trust the people who are on Batman's side? Like, it's, it's a Justice League divided that basically has to come together for a greater good because, oh, man, here comes Brainiac. Oh right. man, we gotta team up and take him down because we've never seen anything like this before. So it, it's a decent story. I mean, it's not it's not perfect by any stretch. It, it's a little too short for my liking. Mm-hmm. But there is there's two endings, um, and one of which will make you lose your mind mm-hmm. if you play it. I, I again not gonna spoil it, but man, when I got through the ending that made me lose it i absolutely lost it it was crazy mm-hmm. so um but I, i'll talk more about injustice 2 when we get to best games and stuff but yeah the story was the best i've played but then again i've only played a handful of games right. from this past quarter so i, I don't really have like a, a it's it's not a great measuring stick to go <laughs> off of it's saying that oh injustice 2 is the best story it's like Injustice 2 was a good story, but mm-hmm. out of all of these, it's the best. Right. So take, that, take that into account. Right. Uh, Matt Becker, what is the best story that you played? Uh, so this is a little hard for me because I haven't played too much this quarter that has a good story, I guess. Um, but... The one that stands out the most for me, and this also ties into what I think is the best game I played this quarter, is uh, the Sexy Brutal. Okay. Um, for those who haven't heard of it, it's this indie game uh, where you control this priest named Lafcadio Boone, and there's this really rich guy named the Marquis, and he has this uh, mansion that he like turned into this big casino, and you're at this big masked ball and you find out it's not really a ordinary party. The staff is just starts killing everyone uh, one by one. And it's up to you to figure out how to save them. But it does it like Bill Murray groundhog day style where like the whole story takes place in a 12 hour in game period. And you relive it over and over and over. And you have to like solve all these puzzles to figure out how to save everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's hard to really talk about because uh, there's like a ton of spoilers for even from the very beginning. So I can't give away too much about the story. But it's almost like Groundhog Day meets Majora's Mask uh, with a little bit of saw sprinkled in, directed mm. by M Night Shyamalan. Wow. <laughs> you know, I I think we can leave the description to that. That that's a good. That's beautiful. <laughs> Oh, man. That's a game I have not played yet, but I do plan to, along with some others that's been mentioned. Um, Rebecca, what is the best story for you of this quarter? 
Uh, like Matt, I cannot go into too many details without spoiling it, but Rhyme easily um, was, it was actually my favorite game of the quarter. Um, I don't think that, it, it didn't get the buzz that I think it deserved, and it, it does have some flaws, like the puzzling is not as good as it could be, and it, it had some weird kind of technical things where I was like, ah, this isn't great, but the story alone makes Rhyme worth picking up. Um, it's It's about a boy who washes up on this island that's covered in ruins and like all these just kind of mysterious places and there's like this element there's like a little bit of magic to it and stuff and he has to solve puzzles to progress through this island and figure out why he's there and what's going on um but it is a video game that is not about what you think it's about and you don't realize it until the very end but when that turn happens everything just suddenly comes into this incredible clarity and you're like oh my god this was an incredibly moving story and you didn't even realize it until that moment. And I'm actually, I'm replaying it with a friend of mine right now. She's coming over. It's a different friend, but she's coming over regularly and um, playing it through with me. And I'm just watching her play it. And I'm realizing all these things, all this symbolism and all these ideas that were present in this game that I didn't pick up on the first time, but were there the whole time and were adding to the tone and the emotional impact of it. And I'm just like blown away at how well thought out every detail of this game was. All right, yeah, I, it's, it's uh, beautiful. Also on my list of games to 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 play through. Um, so, I really, really highly recommend it. So I have the same problem as Matt. Um, like I said, I didn't play too many games that actually released during this quarter, um, and many of them I did I wouldn't recommend as the best story <laughs> necessarily. Um, but one game I did enjoy playing through a lot um, and enjoyed the story for is uh, Cosmic Star Heroine. Um, and so I played this and it's like a throwback RPG, but it's in space instead of like an other, like in fantasy world, like you're playing like a space cop um, and you get uh, like, you're trying to track down um this group and then like it throws you a couple of loops while you're going through the story but uh it it was really fun to play through um and it had a a wide variety of characters included in it so that's that's the one that i would say is probably the best story that i played through um but as michael owen said it doesn't really mean much for me because i didn't play some of these other games that are uh are are that are acclaimed like i hear telltale guardians of the galaxy is good i hear sexy brutal is good i hear rhyme is good some people really like play or not play pray um fire was was echoes good. Um, some people <laughs> yes yeah, some people uh and then of course you know dark siders war mastered edition on the wii u you gotta you gotta always make a mission <laughs> 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 Last AAA game on the Wii U, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, God. so speaking gonna... of uh, the sexy brutal, though, I was just looking at the Steam page. It is fifty percent off for the next forty-seven hours. So how much right. does that make it? Ten, 10, 10 bucks. bucks. I, did, I did just see that. Yeah, yeah. I so. might actually be tempted just because I'm done reviewing things for a while. <laughs> well, I want to get Cosmic Star Heroin, but suppose it might be coming to Switch at some point, so I might wait for that version. Yeah, Same thing with Sexy Brutality, by the way. That just got announced this week. Oh, okay. 
Um, so let's move on to the next category, best character. So this is who's the best character. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean someone you played as, but just a character that was in a game that you enjoyed interacting with. Um, so to start this one off, Michael Owens, who would you say is the best character you played with? Oh, boy. Okay. I guess I'm going back to Injustice 2 again. Um, <laughs> probably, I have to say, out of characters that were introduced into Injustice 2, I think the handling of Supergirl was very well done. Um, the the game kind of starts out, like, the story mode kind of starts out with, like, the destruction of Krypton, and, and you clearly see that she is in age older than Superman, but Superman ages on Earth quickly for some reason, I guess. I guess, or she doesn't age in space. I don't know. They, they kind of don't explain that. They, <laughs> they've never done a good job of explaining that. Right. But, um... But her handling in it, she's kind of the um, she's kind of the Spider-Man of the situation where she's kind of caught in the middle of oh I want to be loyal to Kyle because he's my people, but he's also kind of a dick. So I eh, it's kind of this conflicting thing. But she that, again her her inclusion isn't like overbearing or ham-fisted, but it's very well done, and she's a really good character. Plus, she's got the Power Girl premiere skin, which is a-okay in my book <laughs> um, so so yeah i mean i, I don't really have a whole lot to say because i'm gonna be giving away more spoilers here but uh I, again out of the games i've played this quarter the handling of supergirl and injustice 2 i thought was very well done so there you go cool uh matt becker who would you say is your favorite character uh despite me not owning a switch or having ever played ARMS, I gotta go with Twintel. The, the, me- the memes were real, and the booty was thick. Be gone, ARMS has a lot of fun character designs. That's that's one of the good things it has going for it. How dare you not pick Min Min oh, as, as your ramen waifu. How dare you. <laughs> um, okay, Twintel. Uh, Rebecca, who's your favorite? This, so this... This is kind of a, maybe a strange reason to have a favorite, but and it's I guess it's a, a tiny bit of a feminist soapbox here. But um, Ever Oasis, I loved Esna, and she's the water spirit that helps you build the oasis. And the reason why I loved her so much not I mean, she she was just like fine written wise and stuff. But I so you can make a male or female character in Ever Oasis, and I, I made a female. And throughout the game, Esna is like helping you out with your oasis and helping build it, and it like struck me about halfway through the game that I have played so, so few video games that have that the plot centers around two women talking to each other. And it's like the Bechdel test basically, but like you really don't think about it until you think about it and you're like, wow, this is like not something I ever experienced. And the majority of the game was me, this little girl seedling talking to Esna, this beautiful female water spirit. And she was just, she was kind and supportive and they just had this like lovely little rapport going on and she just like was always every time i came back she was like really encouraging and she just like made me so happy inside like every time i, I came back after a quest or whatever or built up the oasis a little more it just like i don't know it just filled me up it made me really really happy and i just kind of like fell in love with esna i don't know why yeah i mean i perfectly understand that that is yeah. uh <laughs> that's one of the reasons um so uh, if you um, ever talk to like uh, people who are black who play Grand Theft Auto games, uh, even watching and playing like 
Grand Theft Auto San Andreas or Grand Theft Auto 5. It's very rare you'll find what feels like an authentic black conversation between two black characters in a video game. And playing Grand Theft Auto 5 is just like if you had all of the craziest black <laughs> like black <laughs> conversations in one room, that's what that game is. <laughs> so oh I God. definitely understand. <laughs> I had never heard of that. I had never heard that before, and I like am so happy that I did. That's really that's really awesome. I mean, if you don't play NBA Two K, I mean, it's pretty pretty rare you're going to find that uh, outside. Don't play of the Spike Lee joint. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's so bad. Uh, but, but back to to Reb's thing on on Ever Oasis, though. Uh, this actually goes back to Pyre, and I know I'm kind of deviating a bit, but in Pyre at the very beginning, and this isn't really a spoiler. Uh, you can choose whether you're a male, a female, or you can not identify with the gender. Nice. I, did, I didn't put this in the review because to me it wasn't like all that important, but it's there if you want it. You know, and you can go in and change it anytime you want. So it's not That's like oh, awesome. you're, you're stuck with it. It's totally optional. So again, it wasn't that like important to the game for me. So. Right, but it's important to a very specific subset of people who right. would want that option, and that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, it's all about making journeys for everybody. Um, Eric, what is your best character of this quarter? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Makoto from Persona 5. Uh, she probably has the best story, best uh, journey of most of the cast. I mean, it's a pretty strong cast, but uh, she's got probably the most development and then that's pretty much it. That's you know, is, she, is she the one in all the memes? Probably. Uh, she. I think she's the one a lot of people picked as you know best girl for the game and all that kind of stuff. She, At least the guys who didn't get real skeevy and and wanted Futaba, who's like fourteen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's the one with the hat? Who has the hat? Uh, the you mean Caroline and Justine? I, I think it, there's one with the, the hat. The, there, there's two twin girls uh, who aren't really part of your party. They're they're part of another thing. Crap! It's gonna get <laughs> smoke. A, get smoke there, hat. There, there is not another hat? main. There isn't a main character who really wears a hat. I mean, you might be able to find a hat somewhere, but Google okay. Persona Five characters with hats. <laughs> I, I Google get smoke hat, so I'm trying oh. to figure out. Oh, okay. I guess it's just a universal thing. I don't know. So, it, but it's become a meme. So I and I don't really get it. This is one of the few memes I really don't get because I haven't played. Yeah, I'm game, seeing so. this image and it's like half the cast is wearing a get smoked hat. I this is something I completely missed out on. So I have no <laughs> idea what that is. I'm telling you, I played 80 hours of that game and there was no get smoked hats. <laughs> um, maybe it's a downloadable DLC thing, which I never got into any of the DLC because it's just all cosmetic stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see that mean. But, um, yeah, that, that seems seems fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my favorite character um, and this is a uh, this is a thing that I think like just kind of has changed for me um because there aren't really a lot of characters that i 
think were memorable from a lot of the games that I uh, partook in for a little bit of each of the months of this quarter. Um, but surprisingly to me, uh, <laughs> more than it ever has before, Crash Bandicoot um stuck out (laughs) way more in my mind over time uh as they showed more of the other games because my perspective on crash bandicoot is all from playing the first game and hating it um but the other games like where he's riding a motorcycle never saw that um or or other things like that like never played or had paid any attention to to any of that stuff when I was younger, just because it was like first game made every, all the rest of it out of sight, out of mind. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that crash team racing was a kart racer, I wouldn't have even known that exist. Uh, so I think that my character of the quarter uh, is a return back to the past with uh crash bandicoot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, worst game of the quarter. Um, so this is the worst game you played. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it was disappointing to you. It just means like it was just bad, like from start to finish bad. Uh, so mine is Dragon Quest Heroes 2. I don't want to waste any more time on it. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. Uh, (laughs) it's not good guys. Like don't play it. Play any other Warriors game. But don't play this one. Or, or play none of them ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rebecca, what is your worst game of the quarter? I'm probably going to stick with ukulele. So you can just <laughs> skip it and carry on. Right. Okay. Uh, Michael Owens, do you have a worst game of the quarter? I, I didn't play anything like inherently bad mm-hmm. from this time frame. So I can't really say. I guess a game I'm not at all interested in is Prey. I'm not interested at all. I don't like what they've done to... You could have called it anything else and I would have been interested but because you called it Prey hmm. it's like, man, really? This is what Prey is now? Like, Come on, man. And plus, I don't really like Arcane games anyway, so... Yeah, they whatever. seem like they're in a quiet taste. Um, I'm almost surprised that they're uh, still doing this thing, but you know. Uh, Matt Becker. What is your worst game of the quarter? Uh, I mean, I didn't play anything that was just, like, super bad. I mean, I played a decent amount of mediocre stuff, but I don't want to throw them into this category. Like, they weren't, like, troll and I status. So uh, I'm just, just going to defer. I'm just going to defer on this. Coming to Switch. No. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> all right. And Eric, what do you think? I talked about it earlier, Valkyria Revolution. It's a bad, bad, bad game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So back to the positive note. Uh, Best game that you all have played. So, Rebecca, what is the best game you have played? Rhyme. Definitely Rhyme. 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 Matty Becker. The wild ride that is the sexy brutale. (laughs) Eric, what's the best one you've played? I got to stick with Persona 5. I've, I've played some other pretty good games, but that that's one I really invested time into. And, like, I am resisting the urge to go back into it so I can play other games I have. <laughs> uh, Michael Owens, what's your favorite in this? So, sticking to my guns here with Injustice 2, um, the gear system is fantastic. I'm still playing this game. This game came out almost three months ago, and I'm still playing it. 
and I'm having a blast with it. The multiverse mode is great. Um, DLC characters, Red Hood and Sub-Zero have been really well done. I, I think Sub-Zero is actually way more fun now than he has been in a Mortal Kombat game in a long time. <laughs> and uh, th- that's a hot take. Yeah. And, uh, Star- <laughs> and, and Starfire looks cool. They, they did the uh, Starfire trailer a couple weeks, I think at Comic-Con, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starfire looks really fun. I, I'm interested to see how she plays. And I was hoping to get that this week, but they were like, no, we're going to wait until you know, the 11th hour to do a watchtower stream. So that's fine. Uh, but the gear system is still really great. They've made a lot of uh, quality of life improvements with the UI and the menus and all that stuff. Uh, they're adding, and also they're getting a Bizarro premiere skin. I, I, I forgot to mention <laughs> this. It's kind of the best because he actually has the uh, fire breath and uh, ice laser eyes. <laughs> Which is like, oh my God, you actually like did Bizarro. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's so it's clear they're going to add more premiere skins and they're going to have like specific traits to them, which which is neat. But I don't know how well that'll transfer into competitive. I know there's one complaint that people have. It's that there are moves that are specifically gear moves. So you can like swap them out with the default input of that or it's just a completely different input entirely. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can actually use them in like a competitive like an FGC style tournament. So that's been a real complaint with people because you have like uh, Robin in the game has the Nightwing staff because he's still Nightwing. David right. Wayne is still Nightwing in this universe. So you can't really use it in a tournament. And there's specific moves like mo- some of Red Hood's stuff, admittedly, his best moves in the game are gear moves. So they, they need to figure that out and figure out a way to people can actually use those moves i'm not really sure if you can or not but the fact that they're locked behind like this random loot box kind of thing is kind of shitty but again it's got to me the pros very much outweigh the cons with injustice too like there's the the good story mode there's a good bit of characters from the jump uh personally it's one of those games that i feel like i feel confident in saying hey you probably should bump up to the edition that has all the dlc and i typically don't advise that um i definitely wasn't advising it before the game came out because i'm like nine dlc characters and you don't know who any of them are yet (laughs) so and that's why i'm so hesitant with with marvel because it's like oh well marvel has uh, marvel looks really bad (laughs) for the most part and they're like oh well get the deluxe edition and you get six more characters including black panther which why is black panther dlc that makes no sense none at all but but Injustice 2 is like, oh, we're giving you a new character every month, which is great. I actually really like that. It's one of those games that it's kind of the exception to the rule, I would say, as far as DLC is concerned. And, and I know there are going to be people who are like, oh, well, I'll never buy DLC. I don't need it. I'm like, these characters are kind of cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> The Sub Zero gear is pretty sick. Like he has uh, shaders that look like it look like rain and reptile, and okay, <laughs> it's just kind of cool. It's, kinda cool. <laughs> it, it's only a color swap. It's not really like oh, he becomes reptile. Right. Like, like he has a green one. He has a pink one. Um, his god shader is insane because it looks like scorpion. But anyway, I, I'm gonna keep rambling on. The fighting system is also really good. Um, 
and they're and they're about to release a big patch that's about to uh, change a lot of things. So yeah. yeah, Injustice Two for me, I think it's the best complete package as far as a fighting game. But again, if you love Tekken and you're you don't really like NetherRealm games that much, and you're choosing between the two, just get Tekken Seven on the PC if you can run it. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed with that. But if you're kind of just diving into fighting games in general, I think Injustice Two is a really good place to start. Nice. Um, I will definitely be picking that up um, later down the line when they uh do the inevitable um f- like reduced price package of it all together just because i don't play fighting games enough to justify paying oh, yeah, for the whole sure. thing right away but yeah definitely down yeah the line. and it'll likely be coming to pc i i would think within eight months yeah like around a year when year since the games come out that's what they typically do mm-hmm. uh mortal Kombat had a really mkx in particular had a really weird launch on pc where they had really bad netcode. So <laughs> hopefully this won't happen. WB has not had the greatest track record with PC ports. Not at all. <laughs> so let, let's, let's hope that the Injustice 2, the inevitable Injustice 2 PC port it goes well, because uh, I, I think it's a game that, that could benefit from coming to PC. Yeah. Um, so my game of the quarter, um, and this is a general question that I have for all of you, because, I mean, mine is going to be Cosmic Star Heroin. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Like, it's it's a good game, and it's the game that I played through the quarter and finished that released uh, in that time frame. But my general question is, you know, I'm thinking about last quarter and what I played last quarter. And what I'm thinking about is uh, how all of that compares to... Uh, what happened in the first quarter of the year. So, I mean, we had pretty universal stuff like last time. Um, You know, one of the reasons why I like having Owens on is he doesn't always play everything that everyone else does. So last time, Owens, you had Dish Jam as your best game of the first quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boy, has this changed. Come on and slam. Uh, (laughs) Still a good game, by the way. Still a good game. Um, so for this quarter is Injustice 2. So I was just thinking to myself, cause I don't know, you know, Eric and, and Matt, you weren't on, but, um, do you all feel this quarter like stood out a lot in the overall like year? It seems like there's still like a bit of a hangover as people wait for like the next big game, um, that sort of like takes everyone by storm, whether it be Zelda or Horizon or in the case of the fighting games, I think Injustice Two probably counts for that as well. Um, so, what do you like? Do you all think that this quarter had a lot? I mean, it seems like it had a, a larger variety. I don't know necessarily larger variety, but it had a wide variety of games in it. But maybe not a ton of big titles that sort of took everyone by storm. I I would say it had more of a variety in that. Um and you might not like this opinion, but from what I've seen, everything I've seen of Horizon and Zelda, they look very similar. Yeah, yeah. But not, like, the exact same thing. Right. So this quarter, we had, like, a big JRPG. We had a couple of big fighting games. We had a bunch of indie stuff come out. Um, Mm -hmm. So you kind of had this nice variety. And we all had different kinds of games. That's what I like about this. We, We all had different kinds of games that we thought were the best. No one had really like the same genre of game. 
right. or something that was like blurred the lines. Whereas Horizon and Zelda, those lines are kind of blurred. Right. Zelda is a bit more open ended, whereas Horizon is a bit more narrative driven. Right. Again, from what I've seen, I've yet to play either. I would say but, that's true. So okay, but but that that's yeah. I think this one had a bit more variety and everything, and yeah. <laughs> I don't have a solid conclusion to this sentence. <laughs> uh, I mean, was the variety actually that different? Or is it just that because we didn't have those big hits like Horizon Zero Dawn or Zelda, like, we like, like paid attention to the other stuff. <laughs> Whereas the previous months, like everyone was like so enthralled with those two that uh, some of the other stuff kind of fell by the wayside. I would say I would say that's the case. I would say that those two are the big blockbusters, and then everybody else was just kind of left in its wake, so yeah. to speak. It's it's a it's definitely a question though, Matt, because you know I'm looking at the rest of the list. I mean, Resident Evil Seven came out in the first quarter. Shovel Knight, Spectre of Torment. Um, I mean, Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> was the other big open world game. Um, I think that's probably what I I feel like happened most in this quarter was there was a lack of like the big open world titles outside of like Ghost Recon Wildlands, um, which no one mentioned, which is funny because uh, it's the best selling game of the year thus far. <laughs> um, <coughs> I mean, it's also like every every single year, pretty much we think of. I guess review season is something like October to February or March, because that's Mm -hmm. when like all those huge titles that there's a ton of hype and they were announced, you know, like one or two years ago and we all, we all know about them. And then there's, there's, we have to kind of pay more attention to everything that releases in the spring and summer because there's not as many big titles. Yeah, yeah. Or it's the time when you catch up on the stuff that came out earlier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, June has like, 13 games we had listed on our like request list so i mean that's a really small month especially when you think about like later in the year when you're looking at like october 27th has like three games on its own in in that time frame um so you know we'll get a lot of bigger titles 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 later on (laughs) um so yeah the uh i think I think it'll be interesting. Like August looks like a freaking like everyone was just like can't release it in summer, so we're going to release it in August because we can't release it in September, or October, or November. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out with all of this. That's why I like to do the quarterly version to get a good check in on like what we think, and that way we can actually come back at the end of the year instead of being so taken by what's obviously going to be things like. Uh, Battlefront 2, Wolfenstein, Mario Odyssey, Call of Duty, Crackdown, or not Crackdown, uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> not Sorry, Kagura. Kagura. It won't be thank, Crackdown. Thank you all for being, not you, great games this year. <laughs> right. Like Crackdown is just in the middle. Oh no, but you're going to play as Terry Crews. It's totally going to be awesome. <laughs> oh man, well... Let's wrap up the show here. Uh, Rebecca Valentine, tell the people where they can find you. 
You can find me on Twitter at Duck Valentine. You can find me at App Trigger, writing about all sorts of games and reviewing far less for the next month or two, but talking about many other things instead. Um, you can also find me at ViridianForest.com if you like Pokemon. All right. And Eric Crisman, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find my games writing, including a review soon of Namco Museum for Switch at apptrigger.com. Uh, find my pop culture writings at fanside.com and on Twitter at realedc30. <laughs> All right. And uh, uh, Michael Owens, tell us where we can find you, man. I can find my writing over at apptrigger.com. Uh, we're doing Madden Top 5 positions top five players by position as they're released by EA. Uh, I did a few of them this week, and there's also the Pyre Review, which is up on the site now. Um, and we'll be doing Madden stuff pretty much all next month, so if that's your bag. Uh, head on over to our site and check out our Madden coverage. Other than that, follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Owens. Uh, I have a bunch of pictures from the uh, Ring of Honor show I went to last night. It was awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, Twitter, that's pretty much it. Woo. <laughs> Matt Becca, where can we check you out, my man? I'm on Twitch and Twitter at Hulk Crouton, and you can find my games writing at bit.ly slash 2VJ, uppercase DJ, uppercase PN. What? <laughs> you bitly that trigger, didn't you? <laughs> Did you really do that? Yes, he did. Oh, man. And you all can find me and the podcast at Screen Looker Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Please like, um, leave us a review, and subscribe. Uh, if you have any further thoughts you have on any other things today, or you want to tell us what your favorite game was this year, what your worst game was, or you think we're all wrong, you can feel free to email us at screenlookerspod at gmail.com. And with that, I would Wait. like to close. Oh, go ahead. Did you know that this is the very first Screen Looker podcast that we have done where we have not been treated to a Canadian fact of the day? <laughs> and that's your Canadian fact of the day. <laughs> and... I can hear Dan crying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think we did one on the two-man show. I could right. be wrong. We've had other ones without the Canadian fact of the day. Crying his uh, maple syrup tears. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting you, Martin. Please continue. Oh, no. Well, I just wanted to leave to you all with a one of the quotes from one of the greatest video games of all time. You have died of dysentery. Good night, ah! everyone. <laughs>